I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday. Today we are revisiting a wonderful verse. We've talked about it on here before, but you know, scripture is like an onion. I got that from Shrek. <laughs> scripture is like an onion. And as we go deeper in faith, as we spend time with the Lord, as we mature, our perspective changes and there are deeper revelations. So we're revisiting this goodie this morning. Hint, hint. It's in the Gospel of Matthew. If you think you know what we're going to, drop it in the comments. That's the sound you guys make when you type, right? Anyway, let's pray <laughs> in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that you're already here, <clears throat> that you're always with us. But we lean into you into your presence, Lord. We breathe you in. Thank you for this uh, pause in our day to get in your word, to receive your love, and to be refreshed. I pray that for each and every person watching, that they would be refreshed in you, Jesus. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today, I thought we would start with a stereotype. Everybody loves a good stereotype, right? You've seen it in movies, on TV, maybe you've lived this. I recently saw a commercial based on this premise that sometimes when women are upset, they're dealing with something, long day with the kids, long day at work, frustrated, overwhelmed, they come home and they're talking to their husband. And what does he do, ladies? You've seen this on TV, maybe, in your own marriage, you just want to talk. And the man in your life wants to offer solutions. <laughs> Have you been there right now? Listen, of course this is a stereotype. Men are wonderful listeners. They have deep hearts, complementarity of the sexes. I'm in no way <laughs> trying uh, to be hard on men this morning. But I do want to kind of have that stereotype in mind that there are certain conversations where we come in and we want to be heard. We want to be received. We want to be embraced, either physically or emotionally. And yet what we get instead are solutions. And solutions leave us feeling pretty cold, right? Or overwhelmed, like, gosh, now there's more to do on top of not feeling good. But you know, I realized a funny thing about myself. I do this in prayer, except I'm the guy. <laughs> I come into prayer with a problem, with some pain, and I want Jesus to fix it. I don't want to relate my heart. I don't want to get into my feelings. That feels kind of unproductive, right? Or, or counterproductive. We think all kinds of crazy things. Actually, let's make it about me. I think all kinds of crazy things about not wasting my time or, or Jesus's time. And I think some of that desire for a solution in prayer is because we do have great faith and we know that God can and does take care of us. So we wanna shortcut the whole problem. <laughs> we want to uproot all of the pain and we know that Jesus is the guy for the job. And so we come to him seeking solutions. The problem is you're not a fixer upper and neither am I. You're not a fixer-upper. Prayer is not about fixing it or fixing us. And that's sometimes the mentality 
the posture, the agenda that I have in prayer. I want Jesus to fix it up, <laughs> to fix me up. <laughs> and again, these are these are good desires, right? We want to grow in holiness. We we want to stop sinning. We know it makes us unhappy, but yeah, we don't know how to do it. We don't have the strength to do it. So we come into prayer, we bring our problem or our pain, we plop it down and we say, okay, Jesus, fix it. Fix me. But friends, we don't do this in other relationships, do we? No, when when we're going through something and we meet up with a friend or or, or call our mom, right? We don't immediately go into problem solving mode. I don't know about you, but when I'm in pain or when I have a problem and I call a friend, it's more important to me, it's more consoling to me to just have them listen, to uh, just be received, maybe even physically like a hug, no words necessary, right? When you're sharing your heart with a friend and you're going through something hard, and they cry with you, somehow that is more consoling than a bullet point of solutions. A list of things that we should do and then we wouldn't be in pain or we wouldn't have a problem. So what if we prayed like that? What if our primary objective going into prayer was what we really want? What if we simply went into prayer expecting to be received? Expecting that empathetic listening. Expecting uh, Jesus to cry with us like he did at the tomb of Lazarus. Expecting a hug. What if we treated our relationship with God in prayer just like every other intimate relationship in our lives? We took the pressure off of fixing it or fixing ourselves and instead allowed Jesus to be a friend, to be a person, a living person capable of giving us the comfort and the peace that we're longing for, better even than our closest friend or a spouse or the most wonderful mother. That's what Jesus is, is extending to us in prayer, his own heart. I would love for you and for me to rewrite the defini definition of prayer as relationship. Again, instead of coming in with our agenda, instead of approaching prayer with what limited time we have and, and treating it like a business meeting, what if we came instead expecting to encounter the most wonderful friend, the most loving and tender and strong of fathers, the most uh, intimate relationship with the lover of your soul? That's what prayer is. I'm not saying that God doesn't offer solutions, that he doesn't ultimately uh, make our situation work out. I don't know that I would use the word fix because it's just not the way the Lord sees our lives or our problems. And, and I'm saying that even more for me than for you today, that you're not a problem to be fixed. Even the problem of sin is not up to you to fix. No, Jesus sees you as a unique and beautiful person as a precious soul that he desires to be in relationship with. And when we come into prayer, when we go and receive him in the Eucharist, he's extending to us his sacred heart. He is vulnerably holding out himself, offering relationship. He doesn't want us to view him as a, a cold, a, 
a utilitarian vending machine where we come and we handle our problems and he shines us up and slaps a band-aid on us and we're on our way. No, his desire for you is relationship, intimate, vulnerable relationship, and it begins in prayer. I'm taking a long time to get here, but I want to share with you a verse today. I, I mentioned it earlier. It's one that I've prayed with that's meant so much to me over the years, but I'm beginning to see it in a new light. So if you've got a Bible, grab it. There's nothing like having a Bible in your hands. I'm good at looking up verses on my phone on the go. Thank God for that. But to have your Bible in your hands, to read it on the page, there's something uh, so permanent about it, right? It's, it's physical. And I want you to have that realization and that... Um, that peace that comes with holding God's word, God's promise in your hand today. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And I'm only going to read verse 28, so don't race ahead, okay? Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I'm tempted even to stop just at those first three words, come to me. Come to me. I was praying with this verse this weekend and uh, you know, I'm warning you not to speed ahead because that's exactly what I did. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Okay, how? Right, I'm in my fix it mode, my fix it mentality. Okay, so I'll keep reading. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Okay, so then I start to dissect this. I've even done this on Teachable Tuesday, right? Gone word for word or line by line of these two verses, like there's some puzzle to be figured out. Like it's a riddle that I've got to discern. But the answer, the answer to our problems and our pain is found in those first three words, come to me, come to me. Friend, you can't on your own divest yourself of this heavy burden. You cannot in your own strength uh, put a new yoke upon your shoulders. What's at the center of this verse, of these verses, is Jesus Christ himself offering himself, offering relationship. And that happens in prayer. But Again, oftentimes we, we have kind of a funny idea of prayer, a, a funny expectation of prayer. I'm good at praying about things, right? I come to prayer with my problem, with my pain, and I tell Jesus about it. Then I tell him all the things that are wrong with me, right? Lord, oh, forgive me of my pride. So here's this problem and this pain. I may not have even told him about it, but I'm, I'm jumping ahead this is a theme. I'm getting ahead of him and I'm telling him that the problem is me. It's my pride. Lord, make me humble. I'm praying about a situation, forgetting that there's a real and living person. Okay, so Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28, I pray about things. I don't even want to acknowledge my problem or my pain. I want to jump ahead to the solution. But instead of praying about things, I wonder what if we started talking about things, talking to the Lord about that problem, about that pain, instead of rushing ahead and looking for solutions, what if we just told Jesus 
how much it hurt. What if we just told him that we were in pain? What if we uh, just sat with him and cried and, and received his love, his empathy? If we heard him breathing with us, if, if we saw imaginatively tears uh, rolling down his cheeks, what if that was the point of prayer? What if that was actually the entryway to the healing, to the understanding that we're longing for? That's prayer. So let me give you a, a few things uh, as we part ways today. A few ways to come to Jesus and to receive this relationship, that empathy, those tears, that hug that we're longing for. I want you to just simply acknowledge that you're weary and you're burdened. I've been using these two words, right? Our pain or our problem and hoping that you'll fill in the blanks. Maybe it's not even a crisis or a tragedy. Maybe it's just some small thing. Maybe it's something someone said to you. Maybe it's the way your kid blew you off this morning or your, your boss didn't acknowledge your idea. It could just be a seemingly small thing, just a moment that's kind of left you unsettled. What if you just acknowledge to the Lord, I'm, I'm burdened by that. Don't judge yourself. Don't say, oh, it's not a big deal. Why is, that, why is that bothering me? Instead, just tell Jesus, it is bothering you. You are burdened by it. Maybe you didn't get a good night of sleep. Maybe it's been weeks or months of not sleeping. What if you just told Jesus, I'm tired. <coughs> I'm physically tired. I'm weary. Maybe it's a deeper emotional kind of weariness or a weariness in relationship. God, I'm, I'm weary. So I want you to acknowledge that you're weary, acknowledge that you're burdened, and then come to him. Come to him in prayer, not with that fixer-upper mentality, right? Not looking for a solution for your problem, for your pain, not just trying to get over it, but instead to come to him, to connect with his sacred heart. You bring your vulnerable heart and he meets you in that vulnerability in relationship, which is prayer. So come to him. You could come to him right now. As soon as you get out of this video, you could just tell him, I'm tired, I'm burdened. And, and not leave it at that, but go a little bit deeper, relating that vulnerability. Tell him what happened, who was involved, right? Talk to him about it because he's already with you. So come to him. Could be in your car, could be in your desk, could be at the kitchen sink. It might be in the chapel. In fact, I would recommend that you visit Jesus in a Blessed Sacrament chapel or, or just in your church. He's truly present in the Eucharist. So if you're dying for a hug, right? If you're dying for real presence, he is truly present in the Eucharist. If you need to lay eyes on him, go to a Catholic church. He is truly there. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. You can look at his face in the Eucharist. His Eucharistic face is there to be gazed upon and to gaze upon you. And finally, just talk to him. So you've acknowledged, you've come to him, and I just want you to share your heart, to relate, not for the purpose of an answer. We're not looking for solutions, right? Many times the solution is the peace. It's like we come and we encounter him, his vulnerability. We're embraced by him in prayer. 
And suddenly that thing doesn't feel so intense anymore. It's not so overwhelming. That problem has shrunk back down to normal size. Oftentimes when we have a problem and we're, we're thinking about it, we're meditating on it, we're talking to other people about it, it can really get exaggerated. But when we come to Jesus, when he himself becomes magnified, his love becomes this overwhelming uh, light and presence in our lives. Suddenly that problem is back down to its size. The same with our pain. The love is so great. It's so beyond even uh, the most beautiful human relationship that it washes over that pain. It, it diminishes that pain. It, it heals that pain over time. It doesn't happen after one conversation, friends. So that's what I want to leave you with today. Keep talking to him. Keep praying to him. And by praying, I mean keep being in relationship. Lay aside that desire for solutions and instead come to him and talk to him. This morning I experienced that grace in mass. I spent the whole weekend trying to fix my own problem, <laughs> trying to hack it up, you know, late at night, doom scrolling on Google and WebMD and talking to people and trying to psychoanalyze myself and get to the root of what's going on here, trying to fix myself, trying to fix my life. But this morning after I received Jesus, was embraced by him in Holy Communion, I knelt and I just said, Jesus, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. And I, the tears came. That was the first honest moment of prayer, real moment of connection. I had been wondering, why aren't you in these solutions? Why aren't you helping me get through this? What have I not figured out? But instead, I just vulnerably told him that I was in pain and that it was hard. And I want you to have that same encounter with the real living person of Jesus today. In fact, you can have it right now. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, you're here. You're right here. And so we take this moment with you to tell you about our weariness, to tell you about our burdens. God, I pray for the grace of vulnerability that we would let you see and hear things that maybe we haven't even voiced to ourselves. Here with you, Lord, we drop our burdens, take off all the, the armor of self-protection, and we just tell you, I'm struggling. I don't know what to do. We're not going to worry about solutions or asking questions or even understanding why. Help us instead to see your beautiful face. Feel your love. Let you embrace us.
Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you, friends. Keep talking to him. He loves you. And we love you. I love you. See you next week. Praying for you. Bye.